right? I'm Akarabi. <laughs> We're turning Japanese. Rokurobi. Rokurobi. See it. I don't know. Rokurobi. That sounds like French or Italian to me. Rokurobi. I know I'm saying it wrong. Oh, well, I'm sure we're going to butcher many things in this episode. Because with Japanese, you're supposed to say, like, all the syllables the same length, you know, like, enunciate on certain things like we do. Rokorokobi. Like, tanuki. Tanuki, yeah. Tanuki. Tanuki. You don't say, like, tanuki. Tanuki. That'd be the Italian <laughs> version. <laughs> you just say tanuki. Yeah. Tanuki. Yeah. Yeah. Like sushi. Yeah, exactly. You don't say sushi. like sushi or karaoke. <laughs> karaoke. <laughs> Wasabi. Well, it goes on and on. The list goes on and on. These are real, <laughs> real Japanese words. So uh, it is that's true. How I say it. Yeah, and I those are ones that we're very accustomed to. These other ones, not so much. No, but I love them. Do you? Yes. You're all about Japanese folklore. Lately, yeah. Dun dun dun. You just said the episode title. Japanese Folklore. Yes. On Parababble. On Parababble. With Rob and Allison. Yep. Jeff is currently uh, on a camping trip. At what Bigfoot. episode do we stop talking about where Jeff is? By the time I run out of reasons as to why he's not here. <laughs> All right. But until then. Until then. He's currently on a camping trip for the summer. Oh, okay. Uh, with Bigfoot. Okay. Him and Bigfoot are um, eating piss-covered ribs every night, grilling them on the barbecue. Ho-hos and ding-dongs? Yeah. Yeah. Well, he's going to be super upset he missed this episode, because it's going to be a good one. Yep. I know that's hard to believe in our parabubble history. But we're turning over a new leaf. Yeah. Of making good episodes now. Making episodes. <laughs> now that our trio's become a duo. Yeah. Everybody's going to be like, this is the most I've ever heard Rob talk. I know. They're like, who's that guy? <laughs> like, we thought you guys were a duo. What are you talking about? It only took you 105 episodes. <laughs> who's this other guy? I don't like him. One star. No yeah. way. See, I always think you have a lot of good things to say, but I feel like you just kind of get over talk sometimes. So. Well, what are you going to do? Now the floor is going to be yours. Ugh, that's not good. You're going to have to carry the show, buddy. It's going to fail. <laughs> not gonna fail yeah we just have to make sure that that we are doing topics that you're interested in i mean i know not every show can be about mothman but you know what though what what if we could be (laughs) that's all i got what if we could find a way to tie it in we're rebranding parababble to the the mothman Mothman, chronicles (laughs) the mothman podcast (laughs) yep i mean some of these things kind of could be like the mothman yeah, they could be. Especially, like, the way they're described. Yes. So, we're talking yokai, or Japanese folklore. Yokai. Yokai. Yes. 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 I hope. If there's anyone that's Japanese that listens to this, I think there's we had a couple listened in Japan. Yeah. Let us know how horribly we're doing, and yeah. we're sorry. We're apologizing right now for every mm-hmm. mispronunciation. Because we... Oh, I don't know about you, but I really love this stuff, so... Yeah, it's super cool. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it's like really such a vast array of different kinds of entities. Yeah. 
They have an entity for everything. They do. It's like you one bad thing happens to you, and there's a reason for it. Mm-hmm. Then you have to like go put some sake somewhere, and you know say you're sorry. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, you'll have one of these things coming after you. Or you know what? Some of these things might just come after you anyway because that's what they do. There's so many of them. I filled on a rabbit hole. Yokai.com. That's Y-O-K-A-I.com. They list all of these things with descriptions and pictures. Oh my god. I highly recommend it. How long were you on that website? I don't know. <laughs> a long time. You lost track of all yeah. like your days and times? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Suddenly you realized it was two days later and you hadn't moved. Yeah, I mean, I, I found it last week and now I'm here, so. <laughs> well, all right, you got back to reality at some point. Mm-hmm. It didn't totally sucker you in. Yeah, for now. So I know we, we've we done episodes before on bathroom demons, Japanese bathroom demons. Yes, that was an unintentional episode. Yes. Because we were just going to do folklore in general. Yep. We totally got sidetracked by it. And then we did an episode recently about the demon rock. Yes, in Japan. Yep. And that's where more of this discussion happened. Yep. Because we were like, there's so many cool folklore and, you know, just, I don't, I don't, they're not really demons. They're just like. Some of them are considered like demonic. Some of them are spirits. Some of them are just. Mischievous. Mischievous. Yeah. That's a yeah. good word for it. Yeah. I don't know how else to like encapsulate all of the different things that they do. but Yeah, and how wide of a variety these things are. Like, some of them are terrifying demons that look like they're from hell, and some of them are anthropomorphic umbrellas. The only so. thing that... <laughs> yes, we'll get to that. Mm-hmm. I think the only thing that is, like, similar that I can think of is, you know how, like, um, there's so many different variations of, like, fairies. Is there's, there? like, 20 or 30 different kinds of fairies. Like, all these different variations of it. Kind of reminds me of this, but those are still, like, all of the same kind of thing. These are all different. Every single one of them has, like, some weird, unique thing about it. Some of them are, like, animals. Some are part animals. Some look like they're human. Yep. And they all have different intentions. Some of them, like, look scary as hell, but then you're like, yeah, they're just going to scare you. And some of them look completely innocent, it's like... If you do this to it, or if you walk by it a certain way, it will murder you. <laughs> I don't want to know those things. Well, I mean, maybe it's good to know, so you cannot do those things. Yeah. Could you imagine, like, having to know all of these different things that potentially, like, could come out of you doing something wrong? It's got to be tough. Like, how do you learn all this? It's got to be tough living in Japan. Right? Yeah. I wonder if, like, most Japanese people know about all these different kinds of things. Yeah, like, how much does the average Japanese person know about these? Right. And I'd also love to know, like, how how many of them, like, really believe it? Like, how many of them, like, or I'm it sure it's, like, like, a superstition? Right. Or do they, like, really believe that there's, like, a ten, ten, tenja, whatever it was called? flying around I don't know there's so many things flying around yep Tanakis Tanaki yep so I think that um, like you were talking about the website you were on Mm -hmm. there was like a list of all these things like there's subcategories to these 
And when I was doing some research, I just kind of went through and found like a bunch that were all kind of related from the same circumstance, but had their like unique characteristics to it. Because I was like, where do you even start? Yeah. I mean, <laughs> you could have gone alphabetically yeah, and did could've. like one whole episode about like A through D. <laughs> yeah, you could have a whole yokai podcast and do a new one every time. There's so many, and you would be yeah. able to do an episode every week for like years, like a decade. And I don't know. So there's a lot of history with these things, right? And people have like stories about them and like run-ins with them. But I, I don't, I couldn't really find anything like modern day. Yeah, I couldn't really find any like actual examples of like stories of hey, this happened to me. Yeah. You know, but I think it's just more one of those things. Like, I was trying to think of like a similar thing that we would have here, you know, folklore-wise, and I think it's just I don't know, like so maybe like fairies or. Yeah, and I think like. Think we don't have a lot of history in this country, you know? Yeah. It's, like, so so brand new compared to so many other countries. Mm-hmm. So I think the only thing that I could, like, equate it to is, like, the stories of, like, the women in white or, like, the hitchhikers or, you know, like, mm-hmm. those repetitive kind of, like, interactions and sightings that people have. Like black-eyed kids. Yeah. Like, that kind of stuff that is yeah. the only way I could even remotely bring it close to mm-hmm. it. And I mean, we've got our own, like, crypto things here, too, which, when you think about it, is, you know, we don't consider those to all be related. But maybe those stories, you know, the Jersey Devil is in this state and looks like this, but the skunk ape is in this state and looks like that. Yeah. So, I mean, I guess there might be some possibilities that they're similar. And for all we know, there's yokai that... That travel? Sound, yeah, that sound just like <laughs> the Jersey Devil or the Skunk Ape. Yeah. Maybe they've like... And they didn't get through them all. Came over this way and yeah. adapted and morphed into something else. So I don't know where you want to start. You want to go back and forth again like we did with those same parts? Oh, yeah. Remember that episode? Yeah, that was That fun. was, yeah. Whatever. That was a transition <laughs> episode for us. <laughs> We're on to bigger and better things. Yeah, like yokai. Yes. And Taniku. Taniku. So, I think that um, the first one that I can kind of maybe talk a little bit about is the one that reminds me the most of the um, entity that was caught in the demon rock. So, if you remember that, it's like the story of the woman who was like part fox with the tails and... How she was, you know. Yeah, I think we talked about her a little bit. Yep. So um, this is like a similar kind of thing. It's a kitsune, kitsune. Yeah. Have you heard of this before? I have. So that is really a fox. Yeah. And the whole thing with these is that they have a tail for each hundred years that they've lived. And once they get to the thousand year mark, that's supposed to be like the top evolution of like what this thing can be. But they're very cunning, and just like the real animals, they're mischievous, and they get involved in, like, all these other kinds of scenarios. So they're, like, wild and free, can't be tamed, but they're super cool looking. Yeah, they got all those tails. Yeah. And it kind of reminds me of, like, the Pokemon. (laughs) 
I feel like the more that I go through and read some of these, I feel like some of the Pokemon are kind of taken from very loose. I wonder yeah. how many are. I bet you a lot of them are. You could, like, match the yokai with the Pokemon equivalent. We should try to figure that out. That sounds fun. That's a rabbit hole for sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, I think that that's part of the allure, right? Like, mm-hmm. this particular one is kind of, like, cute and unassuming and doesn't have, like, big fangs and claws and makes it more easy to, like, mess with humans because yeah. it's not so ghoulish and scary looking. Yeah. What did you know about it? Oh, just about that. I mean, and what we talked about on that one episode. Yeah. That they can be so part can... human. Mm-hmm. And I think the one that supposedly broke out of that demon rock had, like, nine tails. So it was, like, right at that level. Almost, Very powerful. Almost a thousand years. Yep. Have we heard anything about what that, that uh, is up to? No. No. It's just out there in the world, the nine-tailed fox. Yeah, just running rampant. Hmm. Looking for some social justice to get involved with. I guess so. Yeah. Hmm. It's trying to seek its revenge on the descendants of those that imprisoned it. Yeah, that emperor or something, right? I forget. Yeah, it was like, well, it, I think that... that um, that Kitsune was, like, supposed to go and kill the emperor, but the guard is the one that, like, thwarted the plan and mm-hmm. ended up catch, catching her and, like, putting her into the rock. Yeah. If I remember correctly. And now she's out. Yeah. She's running free. Good for her. Yeah. So, kind of related to that was the Baki donkey. The Baki donkey? Mm-hmm. I'm trying. <laughs> I am too. I just say it with confidence, so it sounds like I'm saying <laughs> so it right. So it sounds like you know what yeah. it means. <laughs> but these are like powerful, mischievous creatures with a cheerful, jovial personality. So they're not inherently evil, hmm. but they love using their strong, shape-shifting, and possessing powers to prank travelers and steal their money. Thieves. Mm-hmm. For no other reason than to have fun. So that's my kind of, you know my kind of entity just running around there shape-shifting making fun of people that don't know where they're going (laughs) stealing their money so this is the one we'd have to look out for if we went to japan yes you don't want to be a tourist and be around the baki donkey yeah the baki donkey that would not be good baki donkey (laughs) um what else is going on in the natural world of guardians of all things supernatural. So, I have one called the Kama Atachi. Kama Atachi? Kama Atachi. Gotcha. That is translated to, because this is the cool thing about yokai.com, is any ones that have like an English translation that show what it means, this is translated to Sickle Weasel. Sickle Weasel. Sickle Weasel. It okay. is a weasel creature that has sharp claws and flies with the wind. Oh, that just gave me chills. Yeah, that was the that was the Kamatache, just flying with the wind Marbaya. <laughs> so they are used to explain why it was really windy out and that children who went out not dressed for the weather would be scratched by them. So it'd be something that like, parents would use to be like, put your coat on to go outside. It's cold out the the Kamatache is gonna get you if you don't you put your coat on you're good the kamatache is not gonna scratch you as it flies by 
Interesting. Mm-hmm. I wonder if kids really grew up thinking that. I'm sure they did at some point. Some of them, anyway. It sounds like, I don't know, I would be scared of that. I mean, if I saw, like, a flying weasel with sharp claws just flying around in the wind, that's a pretty scary sight, I would think. I would think so. A strange one, anyway. Yeah. I feel like some of them have, like, real-world reasons, you know, why they were invented. Like this? Yeah. Like, that is, like, probably a very good example. Like, who thought of that, though? Right. Did you think of the person that thought about that? And then how it gets passed down, which I guess is the whole purpose of folklore. Yeah, because they just got to sit down there and be like, how do I get my goddamn kids to put on their frigging coat when they go outside and it's cold? The sickle weasel's going to get you. Yeah, they're like, I know. There's this weasel that flies around with the wind and it will stab you (laughs) if you don't wear your coat. (laughs) That's pretty creative, I guess, yeah. at least. And, it, you know, it kind of makes sense, because if you go outside and it's cold and the wind's blowing around, you might think there's something really out there. Yeah, that's what I'm going to think now this winter, when you got that blistering wind. Yeah, especially by us. Mm-hmm. The Kama like, Atache. Get away from me, Kama Atache. I've traveled. I wonder if you can make an offering to the Kama Atache. So I it wish. spares you. So, yes, they spare this whole area during yeah. the winter. It's like, you know, <laughs> we have you to don't need to visit us. How to make that happen. Yeah. So we don't we don't have to deal with it. So another one that sounds fun. The Nekomata. Which translates as forked cat. It's a cat with two tails. They like lots of tails on things. Yeah, that seems to be a reoccurring theme already. Yeah. So these cats have two tails, and the most powerful of them walk around on their hind legs and speak human languages. Oh, that's crazy. Yeah. Um, so another fun fact, they could summon far- fireballs and kill people. They also have uh, necromantic powers, which allow them to control the dead. That's like lots of different avenues that they could go and utilize. Yeah. So that one that one has a lot of things to it. So they got fireballs like Spring Hill Jack. I wish I had the uh, the sound. <laughs> the boing. The, the boing. boing. They probably could bounce around the cats. Yeah, they're on their hind legs. They almost sound like kangaroos. Maybe Spring Hill Jack was a was a Nekomata. Oh, maybe. No one ever saw his face, did they? No. Just his red eyes. Nekomata. It's very possible. It's like, you know, in the Gremlins movie where you bring one of those over from where you're not supposed to. Mm-hmm. And somebody lets it loose. It could happen. It could. I so, feel like we just solved the Spring Hill Jack episode. I love when we solve things. From like five years ago. Yeah. That's a great episode, though. It was one of my favorites. But now, now we know what it's all about. It so. was a Nekomata. So it can get you with fireballs. Mm-hmm. It can control the dead. Yep. And it's a cat. Does it just like mess with you for the sake of messing with you? I, I guess so. I mean, just don't mess with them. They're very smart. Okay. If it wants to murder you, it will. Right. So stay away from it. Yeah. Good to know. 
What do you got? Lots of shape-shifting things. Oh, yeah. I don't know what the big deal is with that, but there's a lot of shape-shifting going on. And taking over, like, inanimate objects and being, like, sneaky so that you don't really know things are there. So we have this uh, mysterious red face. It's a Tengu. Yes, the Tengu. Yes. So these are very strange looking. It kind of is almost like Pinocchio because they have really long noses. Yeah, I've seen these. And the longer the nose, the more powerful they are. So that's kind of strange. Um, they appear in many shapes and forms. The first ones are depicted showing them as monsters with crow-like features, such as kite-like black wings, <clears throat> Muffin. Mm. bird heads and beaks. Later on, newer descriptions show them as long-nosed creatures with red faces. At first, the Tengu were considered mischievous Japanese mythological creatures, but not inherently evil or particularly dangerous, as they were quite easy to avoid or defeat. Many legends speak of Tengu as bringers of war and destruction, but they were also known as protective deities and spirits of mountains and forests over time. So I think that, you know, they probably maybe developed a conscious consciousness at some point or like we probably shouldn't be so bad uh we should like get better so, so there's lots of like forms of these there's of like yes like subdivisions of them um a couple of them like have evolved to be more human-like in their features some are even depicted as some sort of monk they wear long robes, have red faces, long noses. Their power levels are directly proportional to the size of their nose, which is so strange. <laughs> they live alone or as far away from human settlements as possible in forests on remote mountaintops, spending their days in deep meditation. The purpose of these is to achieve perfection and great wisdom through self-reflection. Uh, but that doesn't mean that they're always restrained and peaceful. Some are said to have caused many natural disasters and suffering to humans in simple fits of anger. So don't mess with the Tengu. Don't mess with the Tengu. Nope. You don't want to tangle with the Tengu. <laughs> don't tangle with the Tengu. <laughs> yeah. That's kind of crazy. It's like weird Pinocchios. Yeah. They, they do have a lot of similarities to the Mothman, though, like you said. Yep, like the wings and just, and the like, the features. Face. Yep. Huh. I know. Interesting. We're going to find a way to tie the Mothman to every episode. I will if you don't, so it's okay. Challenge accepted. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I think that um, those are kind of cool, you know. They can go either way. Yeah. They can either be, like, peaceful monks, or they can be, like, you know, destroying the world. Yeah. So, you know, just a little bit of power. So you just want to avoid the ones that have, like, five-foot-long noses. Yeah, because those ones probably... If it's just, like, a six-inch nose, like, no, that's... Yeah, small potatoes. Yeah. So, I think we may have talked about this one before. The uh, Kuchisakayona. It kind of sounds familiar. When I describe it, you'll probably... 
remember. Okay. I don't remember what episode this came up on before, but it was cool. Um, so it's a very it's it's the translation is slit mouthed woman. Ooh. So it's a very tall woman. I think it's like supposed to be eight feet tall. Oh wow. Okay. And she covers her face with a mask to hide her, her ear to ear slashes that she has. Slit mouthed woman. Mm. Kind of like the Joker. It sounds yep. like. So she'll come up to her victims and ask if she's beautiful to them. If they say yes, she'll reveal her face and ask them the same question again. And if they change their answer, she will kill them. You know what this reminds me of? You remember like a couple years back when there was like that thing going around the internet of like that prank thing? Momo? Yes. Yeah, we did an episode on Momo. Yes. Wasn't that like kind of similar? Like the Momo like told you to do things and if you didn't do them... Yeah. Then, like, bad things were going to happen. The Momo challenge. Momo would come and get you. Yeah. Kind of reminds me of that a little bit. Yeah. So, you have to tell her she's pretty no matter what. Yeah. Otherwise, she will murder you. She's not somebody you're going to want to cross. No. You see, some of these are totally harmless, and some of these will kill you. Yeah, like, what is the purpose of that? Like, there's got to be a backstory there. How'd she end up that way? Yeah, I know. I don't know. You know? I didn't see anything about that. And, like, why is she trying to get vengeance on everybody that didn't hurt her? I feel like if you watch one of the Grudge movies, it probably explains it all. Yeah. <laughs> well, isn't there, like, a lot of truth in the that, like, whole, those that genre of movies, too, being related to a lot of these kinds of things? Probably, yeah. You could, you could probably, like... Yeah, like, very similar. Mm-hmm. So, there's a dark side of Japanese mythology, too. I think she's probably on there. Yeah, I would say so. And so is maybe the uh, Shikigame. Shikigame? Shikigame. Shikigame. That wasn't too bad, right? Yeah. So, there's plenty of terrifying legends about these creatures. The Shikigame are a great example of terrifying entities literally translated as ceremonial spirits. Shikigame are spirit servants with no free will of their own that have terrified Japanese people for centuries. Traditionally, Shikigame were considered to be servants of Ameogi, members of the Japanese society thought to possess and use divine magic. These... um, Shikigame were born through a complex conjuring ritual made by the Ameogi, and they only have the purpose to fulfill their master's wishes. So they're basically just like created and then doomed to this life of just going and doing whatever they're told to do like and a, not being able to make any decisions. Like a genie or something? Yep. More often than not, the orders um, that an omagami were less than favorable, such as spying on someone, stealing, or even killing. Uh, because of that, the scariest part of these legends around the Shikigame were not the creatures themselves, but the terrible things that humans were capable of once they were in charge of these devoted servants. Mm-hmm. Shikigame are mostly invisible to the human eye unless they take special shapes. Some of the possible shapes are paper dolls. 
that is like no i'm done (laughs) i'm out the the door some types of origami or amulets uh, but the most popular one is turning them into neatly and artistically folded and cut paper mannequins also creepy sounding yeah shikigami were also known to take the shape of animals as they were known to possess chickens dogs even cows in their quest to fulfill their master's orders Creating a shikigami was not a difficult task, but keeping control of one definitely was. If an omegai master was not strong enough, they could lose control of the shikigami they summoned, causing them to gain consciousness and free will to do whatever they wanted, including killing their old masters. Hmm. So they're bad news. Yeah. Bad news bears. You don't want to be like... I'm going to create something to do my bidding because it could eventually turn on you. That's how it always works out. Yep. So I think it's, um, I don't know, the paper dolls thing is like, that gets me somewhere. I don't, I don't know. It's always the dolls. <laughs> something about them is just creepy in general. It's like something so like innocent that could be turned to be something so terrible. No, they're not innocent. No. Well, I think we're, we know that, right? Yep. They will murder you. <laughs> and then they could, like, possess other animals. Yeah, it's scary, too. It's like, why did that dog turn on you? Yeah. Well, you know why. It was a shikigami. It's a shikigami. It was possessed by a shikigami. Can it possess people, did I say? Yeah. Okay. So you could use, like, you could be really shitty to someone and be like, sorry, it was the Shikigami that was possessing me the other you day. You could, because they're invisible. Hmm. Nobody would see it. It would just be there. Yeah. yeah that and sucks. what really makes it scary is that they can possess adamant and inanimate objects. It could be anything, anywhere, at any time. Yes. That's, that's a pretty high-tier, high-powered yokai. Yep. I don't think I would want to take the risk of trying to conjure something like that up and then try to keep tabs on it. No. Mm-mm. Too much work. So word of caution. Don't try to create... A shikugame. A shikugame. Good advice. <laughs> I'll keep that in mind. So here's a fun one, though. The Bekataro. Bekataro? Bekataro. Okay. So there's no translation for this one, and it's a quick one, but it's fun. It's a short and pudgy yokai with a head of matted, greasy hair. Matted, greasy hair? Matted, greasy hair. Okay. So it's just this short little pudgy thing with messed up hair. Um, Basically, its signature move is to pull down its lower eyelids with its fingers and stick its tongue out in a mocking gesture. I feel like that's definitely a Pokemon. Yeah. I think we could probably find one that was similar to that. I mean, think about like a Pokemon that looks like it had a bad toupee on. Mm-hmm. I think we could probably find one that is very similar to that. Becataro. Because I could, I can imagine it doing that <laughs> to taunt you. I feel like there are some that are like that. Yeah. Yeah, that's like its taunt move. Someone that knows Pokemon, please send us the Pokemon equivalent of a Bakataro. Well, I'm telling you, this is going to be an episode. We're going to have to go through that mm-hmm. website and, like, find all the ones that look like that and try to match them up. How many Pokemon are there? I don't know. Hundreds? 
I'm sure there's hundreds. There was like a finite amount when I was a kid. I think they just kept making them. I mean, that Pokemon Go game has like hundreds that you have to try to capture, doesn't it? You gotta catch them all, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't know. I'd just be curious to see how many correlate. I bet you a lot of them. I mean, they, they must have taken inspiration from some of these if they're well known. For sure. Mm -hmm. We have to like read all the descriptions and then get like one of those big, huge Pokemon charts. Just be like, oh yeah, that's that one. We'll put that's it right here one. on the Parabebble Studio wall. Yes. I'm sure no one will ever protest to that. Right? Yeah. That's a good idea. Mm-hmm. All right. So um, this next category that I have is the most unique Japanese mythological creatures. This subcategory. The Tokimagame. 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 So... These are a unique category of um, yoki, yokai. Yokai. Thank you. <laughs> um, in Japanese mythology, and without a doubt, they are like one of the strangest. So these are traditionally considered to be tools of everyday household items that have acquired a kami or spirit on their own after living for at least a hundred years. And although generally considered harmless, there are instances of these becoming vengeful towards the people who may have mistreated them or abandoned them throughout their lives. Hmm. So among these tokimage, there are a few that are the most famous in Japanese mythology. The first ones are the obike, obike. which is the monster umbrellas. Oh, okay, I had those. Yep. Where is it? Oh, mine's a different name. What do you have? Mine's called a uh, Karakasa Kozo. Oh, yeah, see? There's a discrepancy here. Hmm. We'll have to figure out how many different variations of that there are. Because this is represented by a one-legged umbrella with one eye. Yep. And sometimes arms and a long tongue. Yeah. And it's not clear what the purpose of these Kasa Obake was in Japanese folklore, but many illustrations of them have been found throughout the years. Sounds like the same description of the one that I have, but different name. Kasa Obake? Kasa Obake, I have Karakasa Kozo. Yeah, that's really interesting. Hmm. Mine translates to Paper Umbrella Priest Boy. Oh, see, that's probably the translation. This is Little Monster Umbrella. That is what it is. <laughs> so what does yours translate to? Paper Umbrella Priest Boy. <laughs> what is that even about? I don't know. What is a Paper Umbrella Priest Boy? It's a transformation of Chinese-styled oiled paper umbrellas. They have a single large eye, a long protruding tongue, and either one or two legs upon which they hop around wildly. Their favorite method of surprising humans is to sneak up on them and deliver a large oily lick with their enormous tongues, which may be traumatic, even though it isn't dangerous. Yeah, these don't get that um, close up and personal. No. So maybe it's a slightly different variation of that maybe same Maybe that's group. the difference. Yeah. So there's two different giant umbrella creatures. Yeah. Well, these are little monster umbrellas. Are yours big? I don't know. That's that's the whole description from yokai.com that I got. Yeah. These seem like they might be smaller. Like real umbrella sized? Yes. Okay. 
I mean, there are different sizes of umbrellas, though. So I mean, right? Are we talking like a golf umbrella mm-hmm. or <laughs> like a kid's umbrella? You had one that was called like the Shion Obake, though, too, didn't you? The what? Shion Obake. Uh, I don't think so. Did you hear about it, that one that becomes the lantern? No. <laughs> okay, I'll tell you about this one then. So this is that same category of things that are... That turn into other shit? Yep. Um, so this is the Shionobake, mm-hmm. which is a lantern that became sensitive after 100 years. Being worn out, the lantern would rip open and stick out a tongue as the opening became its mouth. Sometimes Shionobake are depicted with human faces, hands, or even wings. Hmm. So I'm going to show you this like picture up close so you can see it. Because it's kind of disturbing, but that's a picture of the Shionobake. Shionobake. It's literally a lantern with a face. It's a, it is a lantern with a face. Mm-hmm. It it's more disturbing than it feels like it should be. <laughs> it's got hair, like long hair, long straggly hair. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It looks sad. It looks like uh, Steve Buscemi. It does. Oh my God, you're right. <laughs> The Shion Obake looks like Steve Buscemi. It really kind of does. We'll have to share that at some point, I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah, so this is kind of like a cool, scary subgroup of these things, you know? Things that just turn Yeah, into like, what if our microphones? In 100 years. Yeah. Well, maybe like 95 now. They were like, I'm sick and tired of you, and I'm going to go be a... Toge Magagame, and I'm gonna like, I don't know. You've been talking at me all this time. I was thinking like 90 years, all the cell phones that people have thrown out. Right. And the landfills, they're just gonna. They're gonna like get a conscious. Get their revenge. And, like, they're gonna take over the world. Yeah. They're gonna be mm. like, I'm done with this place, and now I want my revenge. That'll suck. I know. I'll be dead though, so I don't care. Yeah, we won't have to worry about it. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's kind of a good point. Like. How are they going to seek revenge on somebody after 100 years? That's true. I mean, you're, the person's not around anymore. Yeah. But when I was reading through the examples of these, the things that they were saying were like lanterns, futons, and I was like, oh, that's so creepy. How do those things last 100 years? I don't know. Like, who has a 100-year-old futon laying around know. their house? But, like, does it just, like, close up? Like, it gets, like, a big mouth in the middle and, like, tries to eat people? I don't that know how that works. That sounds like how that would work, yeah. <laughs> kind of reminds me of, like, Cherry in, like, Pee-wee's Playhouse. Yeah, that's what I was thinking, too. <laughs> <laughs> Cherry was a... What's it called again? The sh- how do I say it? Now you're going to make me look it up. Yeah. Tokemagami. 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 Yeah. Cherry from Pee-wee's Playhouse. Was it Tokemagame? Yep. Actually, so was everything else in Pee Wee's Playhouse. You're right. Holy shit. <laughs> the globe? Wait the... a minute, the globe? Globy? Globy, hang on. Hang on <laughs> one second here. <laughs> Globy taught modern geography. Yep. That would have been way different 100 years ago. It would have been. So did Globy, like, change <laughs> throughout the time? To, like, adapt to what a modern globe would look like? Could he do that? Yeah, why not? Yeah. Hmm. He had a genie in a cabinet, too. Mm-hmm. Mecca like a high, mecca hiney ho. Yeah. Mecca like a high, mecca chiny ho. 
So what else was there? This is just blowing my mind. I know. He had a pterodactyl. He had a window, too. Didn't he have a window that talked? Yeah. Maybe his whole house was like 100 years old. Oh, my God. And maybe that's why everything, the house and everything inside of it. It was full of Tokemagami. Yeah. Pee-wee's Playhouse was full of Tokemagami. I don't know. My mind is blown now. I don't even know what to say to that. Wait, that robot he had? The one that would give him the word of the day? Oh, yeah. Yep. They didn't have robots 100 years ago. No. The flowers in the windowsill. I'm just looking all of them up now. <laughs> <laughs> and here we go off on a tangent. <laughs> See, we're still parababble. <laughs> Old habits die hard. Yep. Let's see. I got a television. I played those stupid cartoons. Yeah, I don't know. I got to stop. Because Bora 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 Tone Bora Bora Tone Bora Bora Tone is another example of these things, and they will not hesitate to cause harm if they believe you deserve it. Bora Bora Tone are Japanese sleeping mats or futons, which came alive after having been used or worn out for a hundred years. They came alive after they had been mistreated for so many years, but some may also come alive if they feel neglected or needless. That's really sad backstory for Cherry. They hold grudges against humans, and they come out at night to strangle sleeping victims and get their revenge. I feel like Pee-wee and Cherry had a better relationship well, than Well, maybe because Cherry didn't feel neglected. Yeah. Oh, no, he treated those things very well. Right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, I don't know. This has opened up a whole other can of worms. And then the last one in this category mm-hmm. of these mm-hmm. is the um, Unagakai Mio. Unagai. Ungai Kayo. Ungai Kayo. Ungai Kayo? Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is the mirror behind the clouds. These are haunted mirrors. Mm. that show whoever looks at them a distorted, terrifying version of themselves. There's a video game that was made about this. They are also said to have been mm. used to capture vengeful spirits and demons inside them. What was the video game called, did it say? I think it's by the same name. Mm. Ungai Un- Kayo. It's U-N-G-A-I-K-Y-O. Ungai Kayo. That one's pretty terrifying, too, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like a mirror that anyone looks in. and I feel like that one's something that they've used in many horror movies. Yes. Well, mirrors in general are freaky, and they yeah. have all kinds of... I mean, you know, just from a paranormal standpoint, like portals and, you know... They're freaky. Remember, like, how we used to always talk about setting up, like, a bunch of mirrors so you could see, like, different corridors, like, way... Like, infinity mirrors and things like that? Yep. Catching things in them. You see those shadow people running around. Yeah, I have to say, there's like a lot of really cool stuff about this. Yeah, I got like a few more too. Even. Yeah, well, bring them on. So, so we got the Tenjo Kudari. Tenjo Kudari. Kudari. Okay. The ceiling hanger. Ooh, that is. I don't like the way that sounds. It's creepy <laughs> as hell. So it looks like an old woman with a long tongue and disheveled hair. And it spends most of its time hiding, living in the narrow crawl space between the ceiling and the roof of your house. 
And every so often in the middle of the night, it just crawls out of the ceiling upside down to scare the crap out of people. You know what that reminds me of? You watched the last season of The Witcher? Yeah. Do you remember when, um, what's her name is in the house? And there's like that cat thing that climbs up uh, across the ceiling. Remember when her and Witcher go to like that house in the middle of nowhere? Yeah. And the guy's there who's like, looks like Beauty and the Beast. Mm -hmm. And she's in the room by herself for the first time and she hears that thing crawling. Yeah. And it like crawls across the ceiling. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's what that reminds me of. Mm -hmm. That was like some kind of banshee, I think. Yeah, yeah, it was like some kind of vampire banshee thing. That's, ugh. Yep. No thanks. And don't forget about the Rokurobi that we talked about at the beginning of the episode. Also known as Pulley Neck. Pulley Neck? Pulley Neck. By day, the Rokurobi appear to be ordinary women. By night, however... Their bodies sleep where their necks stretch to incredible lengths and roam around freely. Sometimes their heads attack small animals. Sometimes they lick up lamp oil with their long tongues. And sometimes they just cause mischief by scaring people. Just why, though? Just why to all of these? I don't know. <laughs> like, where does that even come from? Yeah, I don't know. I have, I have no idea. Well, yeah, crazy old pulley neck. Yeah. <laughs> You know, that old pulley neck down the street. Gotta watch out for her. That's a really weird one. Like, That's saying a lot of, amongst all these other I, ones. I know. <laughs> I know. But that's like you're sitting on the couch and you're like head and neck in, or, or like in mm-hmm. another room. Yeah. They could like go all over town. Oh my God. That's It's like so wouldn't somebody weird. trip over your neck though at some point? Like You think? Rokurobi. 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 Yeah. I mean, you could fall into a really deep rabbit hole on yokai.com because they got them listed all alphabetically. There's a button. This is how I got a lot of these. There's a button that just shows you a random one, and I just clicking random until I found one that looked really crazy looking. Yeah, we're going to have to revisit this, I think. Mm hmm. I think we have to look at the, um, the Pokemon the connection, Pokemon connection <laughs> the Mothman connection, Springhill Jack. Yep. And, like, maybe just because the ones that, like, I talked about were just main categories. Mm-hmm. There's, like, all those sub... Yeah, and all the specific ones, then. Like, right. Like, these that I got. Oh, it's so many. Mm-hmm. We're going to get lost in a Japanese demon hole. And we'll probably find, like, the explanation for everything we've ever talked about on the podcast. So, yeah, what is this? Like... Like, this is where it came from. This is, like, part one. More, part one, more to come. Part one of like eighty five. Probably, I feel like this is going to be one of those things that we just like don't get through for at least a couple of episodes. Yeah. So that means that you're probably going to have to hear us butcher more Japanese names in the future. Yes. But yes. you know, maybe the more that we do some research on this, the better mm-hmm. we'll get. Hopefully. Yeah. And tell us how we're doing if you're from Japan or know Japanese. Yeah, or if you want to come on the show and talk about whether or not you've ever seen any of these. That would be awesome if we got someone from Japan that can come on and tell us. Yeah. If you're from Japan and you want to come on and talk about the yokai, parabuildingpodcast at gmail.com. Yeah, I don't know why, but a lot of people buy my book over there. My ghost hunting book. Yeah? Yeah. It's because they got all these yokai running around. They got to go on a ghost hunt. They're big into ghost hunts. So, you know, let's, like, share some information. Mm -hmm. You know, they can, like, come on and tell us about their experience with these and we'll, like, show them some cool ghost stuff. Until next time. Yep. Yeah.
Is that how we're gonna do it? <laughs> I think you have to leave it just like that. Yeah. Is that how we're gonna do I was it? Gonna, yeah. <laughs>